Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of Servant's Heart Chapel. I hope uh, this particular episode is a special blessing to you. So let's get right to it. We have been through Advent. Uh, this is the third week of Advent. <clears throat> We've been talking about the different names of Christ. <clears throat> Ch- Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the Government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And today we're going to talk about the name of Christ as Eternal Father. Dads play a big role in our lives. Whether many have good fathers and many more have bad fathers. The, the conflict and pain and suffering that occurs with uh, issues between you and your dad has been going on for millennia. Daddy issues has been part of stories for thousands of years. We see it now in, in movies, popular movies and books. There's The protagonist has some kind of issue with his or her father, and, and we see it all in ancient Greek plays and and the reason there's so much in there because it reflects real life so well in a fallen world it makes sense that we have fallen fathers I'm reminded of a story one of my favorite biographies uh, the tank man's son this boy grew up in an abusive home with a father uh, who was just a really rough man and mean and hated everybody. And the boy survived this and grew up and got saved and, and became a pastor. And, and later, I guess I should give a forewarning in case you wanted to read the book. So if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and skip past about 30 seconds. The tame man's son, that the father, ended up getting saved. Not always the case, though, is it? <clears throat> Another similar story. A book that Missy loaned me when we were dating. Do you remember the name of it, son? Light from Heaven. About a boy who grew up in an abusive, abusive father. And he got saved, and I can't remember if he became a preacher or not, but he became a devout Christian, and, and, and he was able to forgive his dad, but his dad never, as far as we know from the book anyways, never asked his son to forgive him or, or admitted to any wrongdoing, let alone giving his heart to Christ. <clears throat> So in our world, it's a very real reality that we have fathers who disappoint us. 
we have absent, not just abusive dads, we have absent dads. This, there's a, we talk about the pandemic of COVID. There's a pandemic of absent fathers in our community. But Jesus, Jesus revealed God as our, not just our Father, but our everlasting Father. And through Jesus, through Christ, we can know God as our own Father. See, it's not automatically the case. We all start out as sinners. And as sinners, we had a different Father. In fact, if you look in the book of John, chapter 8, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. At the end of verse 41, or Jesus says in verse 41, you're doing what your father does. I said, we weren't born of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. So we, as sinners chained in sin, we're, we're, we're connected to the devil. He is a source of our lives. But thank God we're, we're not stuck in that situation in 1 John Chapter 3, verse 8, it says, The one who commits sin is of the devil. We knew that. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God has, was revealed for this purpose to destroy the devil's works. To break that connection. Jesus came to, to break the connection the devil had, the, the power the devil had over us and save us so God could be our Father. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit... Of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That word Abba is a powerful, Jesus used that in referring and uh, in, in talking to, to God the Father in Mark 14 36, if you want to look it up. But Jesus say, uses it there. It's a, it's a very intimate term, uh, it's, it's not something 
at that point, people used when referring to God. That was too familiar. And very similar to dad, or, or in the South, daddy. A lot of Southern boys will call their, I know Missy's brothers, I think they called your dad daddy, right? Yeah. Very intimate term. And Jesus used it, and, and, and we can use it through adoption by what Christ has done. But you see, it's impossible to know the Father without knowing the Son. Did you know that? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, we read, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal Him. So we can't know the Father without knowing the Son. <clears throat> but this, this calling God Dad... That was new. And Judaism at that time never, never did, never referred to God as, as Abba, Daddy, Dad. That's my dad. But we can because we are adopted and made co-heirs with Christ. I don't know. I don't know if I could comprehend that reality. It's hard to, isn't it? <clears throat> if it uh, Romans chapter eight, verse seventeen. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that so that we may be glorified with him. To adopt into the family of God. And, we re, and, and so God acts as our father. He does what a father does. God provides. He he guides, he protects, and he gives us easy access to him. But all these are conditional, you know that? You know, all, all this is conditional? Because God provides for us, but we must first admit that we have a need. That's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to admit that, that, that you can't do it yourself. You can't figure it out yourself. You can't overcome a sin on your own. You can't provide for yourself. You can't fix something on your own. You have a need. And God, yes, God guides us, but first we must admit that we're lost. And that's all hard, also hard to admit. 
I've got it figured out. I know where I am. I'm not lost. I don't need anybody's help. I know where I'm going. I know how to get where I want to go in life. And in my spiritual walk, my, my walk with God, I know I don't, and it's hard to say, God, I don't know anything. God protects us. But first we must admit that we're weak. We can't protect ourselves. We have no power against the devil. We rely entirely on Christ and God's word to protect us. And God gives us access to him, but first we must be willing to seek him. And that can be hard to do. Going back to pride, and, and I can figure it out on my own. I don't need to, I don't need to seek God. I had one guy go as far as acting like he was doing God a favor by even calling himself a Christian. He wasn't going to be seeking God's help in anything. I looked up characteristics of a good father. And I noticed a lot of them. Are also characteristics God has. Not surprising. And the only ones that did were the ones that deal with finite human beings. Like admitting that you're not perfect. Clearly, that doesn't apply to God. But other ones did, like a good father is dependable. In Roman, or I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he might lie, or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill? God is dependable. What he says he will do. You can always rely on him. There might be some times in your life where... um, You have to let go. And it's hard to let go of that control. Because you're scared of what might happen. But if you just let God take care of it, He will. And you'll be amazed. Maybe we'll see some of that this year. Where you get to see examples of God just taking care of things for you. A good father is also involved in the life of a child. In Psalm 139, 
verses 17 through 18. So God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, wake up, I am still with you. You know, God thinks a lot about us. And, and not just thinking about us, also aware of us and what's going on in our lives. Because in Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, but even the hairs of your head have all been counted. God knows how many hairs are on your head. For me, it's not as much of a feat as is maybe Robert. But God knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows everything in your life. He knows your deepest, deepest, darkest thoughts and sins and failures, and your fears. He knows all of them. He knows you better than you know yourself. You know those times you're like, man, why did I do that? I have no idea why. God knows why. He's involved in our lives. A lot of the deists um, believe that that God's not involved or those who believe, oh, there's a God, but he started the world like a clock, right? And you get it going and then just kind of left it of its own accord. And is not directly involved. But I'm telling you, God is involved in our lives. I've seen the hand of providence too blatant say otherwise. And I've had Caitlin and Cody tell me the same thing. I've had uh, Anthony tell me the same thing. They've seen God's hand in their lives because he's involved. A good father is also compassionate. Psalm 103. Verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That's pretty, pretty simple, huh? Does God care? Yes, God cares. As a hymn goes, sometimes you might wonder if God really cares about me. God does care about you. Good, a good father is empathetic. The very next verse here uh, from Psalm 103, verse 14. 
for he knows that we are made up, he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. God knows how weak we are. And he's not insensitive to that. A good father clearly communicates realistic expectations. Bad fathers don't, do they? They change your rules all the time, depending on their mood. Remember the tank man's son, they'd have he'd have the kids up at two o'clock in the morning and give them uh, 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 an objective that was almost but impossible to achieve in a time frame that, that it was given. They would, you know, rush around trying to get it done in the middle of the night just to keep them happy. God doesn't do that. He gives us some pretty simple rules. Exodus chapter 20, we see 10 of those rules, don't we? Do not have other gods besides me. Don't be serving any, anybody else but the Lord as the ultimate authority in your life. Don't make an idol for yourself. Serve something else, worship something else. You know, when I was younger, I used to think that idol worship in modern times is pretty much non-existent. That is not true at all. They just don't take the forms of statues. People make idol, and we even have a TV show called American Idol. Why? Because we worship our, our, our famous singers and our athletes. We worship them. And we worship uh, money and power and pleasure. And we build grand temples to these things. We just we don't call them temples, we call them casinos. God says very clearly communicates a realistic expectation. Uh, don't misuse the name of God. Don't cuss his name. Pretty simple. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. You can work six days. But not do any work on the seventh day. On your mother and your father. Not just when it's convenient. I don't know. I have so much to say about that. I don't I have a hard time saying anything. And I'm talking about not just kids but adults who don't honor their parents, who in by their actions or by their words dishonor them, disrespect them. 
disparage them, despise them. Don't murder. And of course, Jesus said, if you hate somebody, you committed murder in your heart. Don't, don't steal. Including downloaded pirated material. Don't give false testimony about your neighbors. Well, I saw so-and-so do that. No, you didn't. So many people think, you know, the world, you know, everybody lies. No, everybody doesn't. God's realistic expectations. Don't don't cover your neighbor's house, neighbor's house, or your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant. What he has. Don't don't wish it was yours. A good father is also honest. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, we, we said that verse earlier. God is not a man that he might lie. God doesn't lie. And I find it interesting, um, there's a lot of things in the Bible that we uh, Christians have a hard time believing And so they dismiss it. And my thought is, well, either that's true or it's a lie. But God doesn't lie. He's honest. And the Bible's true. God is a good father, as revealed by Jesus Christ. We've seen the Father through Him and His work, His saving. He, he, His work made us adopted sons and daughters of God, heirs with Christ. And, and so if, if you surrendered your heart to God, and confess your sins and, and, and sought to seek the Lord as your Savior. And, 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 you, and, you may, and, and, and you know God has done a work in you. Something has changed inside you. Your priorities have changed. You know that you are a Christian. Now you're a Christ follower. You know that you're saved. And you know if you die at that moment, at this moment right now, that you would end up in heaven. Know this, that God is your Father. And all these wonderful blessings, these characteristics, dependable, involved, compassionate, empathetic, uh, clearly communicates realistic expectations, honest, uh, provides, guides, protects, and gives us free access to him 24-7 is what is available to you as a child of God. Praise the Lord.
So in a few months, it'll be seven years we've been in this church building. Seven years ago, in 2014, the spring of 2014, uh, we'd been in our, our original our first church building for a year, and the owner of the building decided he wanted to sell it and wasn't going to renew our lease and gave us a month to find a different place, and, and I really didn't know what to do. I was at a loss. That wasn't much time to not only find a place, but move all of our stuff out. We had a lot more equipment than we do now. We, we had an organ. We had 80 chairs, I think it was, and and just all kinds of different stuff because <clears throat> we were had furniture for a whole, whole church building. And I didn't know what to do, and so I, I prayed about it to the Lord and sought His guidance and and, and Jim Kelly, a pastor here of Church of the Brethren, called me and, and offered to share his, his church with us. And at first, I really, I was a little reluctant because I wasn't sure how well that would work out. I thought, well, it's going to be like two families living together. And it kind of has been, but it's been, been pretty good. I think we've got things worked out, and they've always been very nice to us. And and uh, we try to stay out of their way, and they try to stay out of our way. But but Jim Kelly, when 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 he first suggested, <clears throat> I hadn't seen the church. I didn't know what it looked like at all. And, and I was like, let's go look. And it was getting dark. And so we piled in the car and, and drove over here, and, and I pulled into the plaza parking lot and saw the church for the first time. And this thought crossed my mind that I hadn't thought of for a long time. I mean, many, many years. As a young child, um, growing up in Phoenix, um, I was uh, a climber. I loved climbing trees, and, and, uh, and we had the mountains near us, South Mountain or Camelback Mountain, um, or Squaw Peak. Uh, different places we go and climb rocks and trails. And, and there, the, on more than one occasion, I would be in a precarious situation, and I, I started getting a little nervous, a little scared. So I'd be up somewhere, and, and, and maybe I, I remember one there was a big giant boulder we were on, and, and it was a good 100-foot drop. And it was slanted, and I was, I was nervous about walking across it because I had to walk across the boulder to get to the other part where we needed to go. And I heard my dad behind me saying, it's okay, son, I've got you. And when I saw this church, I, I heard my dad's voice say, it's okay, son, I've got you. I thought that was an odd thing to think about looking at a church, but I believe it was God saying, I've got you. And I tell you, this um, it's been a roller coaster ride since then. And that was foretold. Two thousand thirteen, spring of two thousand thirteen, so the year before, right before we launched the church, 
I attended a ministerial conference and, and there was a pastor there, David Black. He was a missionary for years and, and he spoke right before me or right after me he was going to speak. And so I spoke, gave my peace, you know, shared my vision of what we want to do in Clovis. And, and he got up and he said, Brother Daryl, if you believe that, if you follow the master, you're in for a ride. And I've been in for a ride. It's been a roller coaster. And we've seen some people, haven't we? We've seen some people that we thought were going to do well in the Lord that turned away from God and back in sin, and some of them are back in prison. And it's heartbreaking, right? I want to see people do well. I want to see them succeed in God. I want them to grow in the Lord. And so it's been tough for me. But then those times, those dark times, I remember my Heavenly Father saying, it's okay, I've got you. And I don't know what you're going through today. This year has been a crazy year. But if you're a child of God, He has you. He's got your back. It's going to be okay. I want you to believe that. Let's stand. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at ServantsHeartChapel at gmail.com. Also, we have a website, ServantsHeartChapel.org. We also have a Facebook page, so you're welcome to check us out. Love to hear from you, prayer requests, anything you may need. We are here for you. Have a wonderful and blessed day.